Thanks for checking out the Anchor Faith Message Podcast from St. Augustine, Florida. Now enjoy this message. Well, uh, turn over to Luke chapter 12. Luke chapter 12. Amen. I was actually inspired by this message from something my son Chase created. Uh, I ran upstairs checking on some things that we have a lot going on, and he was working on something. I'm like, what's that about? And he's like, oh, I'm just, you know, putting something together. I said, man, that'd be a great book right there. That'd be a great title for a book, right? And so as I was reading and studying, you know, do my uh, customary thing of seeking the Lord, of what we should minister on, you know, because at the end of the day, I only want to say what he wants to say when he wants to say it. There's a lot of things to say. Uh, But it seemed as if the Holy Ghost dropped and says, you should start that today. And so much so that he says, you're probably going to run that into Wednesday and next Sunday. Now, I just want you to understand that I'm not constrained by the United States of America. I refuse to live in its system. What do I mean by that? I refuse to allow holidays to dictate what I preach. All right. So I'm not going to preach on Thanksgiving today, nor will I do a Wednesday. Nor am I constrained to make sure this message only stays on Sunday. Are you hearing me? So, you know, I'm just going to do what the Holy Ghost says, and we're going to minister at least three uh, times concerning the king's heir. The king's heir. Amen? And so I want to, you know, strengthen you. Say, well, Pastor Earl, you know, I'm going out of town Wednesday. You know, I happen to be meeting with family. Then I would make sure you get our podcast. Because it's going to be on there, and we're going to already be a message ahead by the time Sunday hits. Amen? Uh, because, you know, there's some things that we need to cover that's really important because the king has given us an inheritance. I said the king has given us an inheritance. In Luke chapter 12, verse 32, look what it says here. This is um, uh, Pastor Roddy's favorite verse. He loves to launch out just about every time that we come together and do a Kingdom Rise conference. He says, Fear not, little flock, for your father... For it's your father's what? Good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Do not fear, little flock. Now, he speaks to us on multiple occasions through the Old Covenant and the New Covenant, through our historical writings and the dispensation we're in today, to not be afraid. To not be afraid. So fear should have nothing to do with the citizen of the kingdom of God. We should always take the king's advice and direction and not have fear. So it doesn't matter what's going on. Do not fear, little flock. It is your father's good pleasure. Now, how do you assure that you're not going to be fearful? Because you have received what he's willing to give. What he finds great pleasure in giving, you are a recipient of it. And that is the kingdom. I said it's the kingdom. Amen. Amen. Let's turn over to Acts chapter 26. In Acts chapter 26, it says this. To open their eyes in in order to turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins. Aren't you glad you've been forgiven of sins? And an inheritance among those who are sanctified by faith in him. So in this verse, 
Under, we need to understand that there are some things that we need to look to because there's not a period in a place that many of us have stopped and placed a period. What do I mean by that? That our eyes were open and that we turned from darkness to light. That all of a sudden, someone preached that Jesus Christ died on the cross and rose from the grave so that he would pay our price of our sin. And that if we would call on his name, we would be saved. And in turn, it would take us from the power of Satan to the power of God. And that we would receive what? The forgiveness of sins, period. But there's no period there. There's an end. So, Jesus, his death, burial, and resurrection was not just for the forgiveness of sin. Was not just for the forgiveness of sin, period. Now, when you get to heaven, you'll enjoy all your benefits. No, doesn't say that. It says that we would receive the forgiveness of sins and an inheritance among those who are sanctified by faith in me. So there's an inheritance to gain. I said there's an inheritance to gain. Let's see it over in Colossians chapter 1. In Colossians chapter 1, i got to be patient, man. I want to get ahead of myself. Uh, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. For he rescued us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sin. Colossians reads it a little different, but is basically saying the exact same thing. That there is a qualification that has taken place for us to receive an inheritance. And this inheritance that we receive, not only us, but the saints. It is because we've been rescued from the domain or power of darkness, that's Satan, and we've been transferred into the kingdom of his beloved son. And we were transferred, why? Because we were redeemed, bought and paid for, the blood of Jesus paid for our lives, ransomed us, and he forgave us of our sins. So our lifestyle and behavior that by all right sins is just disobedient to God's word. In essence, it's rebellion to the crown of God. It's rebellion. We are rebelling against God's throne, against his way of doing things, and he is life. And so when he forgives us of this treason, of this behavior and lifestyle that is constantly against God, for the Bible says no man goes after God, no not one. There's a way that seems right to a man, but in the end lies yeah. death. That's why when you jump on social media and people are all talking about different types of things going on in our world, their belief system is based upon what they deem right. Yeah. Well, you understand that the only thing that you have in front of you is your own thoughts or some other human's thought and then natural feelings. It's going to seem right that certain behaviors, lifestyles, and actions are okay. But when you go and talk to God about it, when you allow God to insert his thought about it, well, then you may find out that that's really not right. Amen. I mean, if we take God out of the equation, there's a lot of things that we could say is right. But in turn, what does that mean? People are saying, Lord, you accept what I think's right about you and our relationship. But the Lord's saying, no, you accept what I say is right about us in the relationship. 
Amen. In essence, when man takes God out of the equation, he's basically saying, I'm God. And my way of thinking about this situation is truth. But the minute the spirit of truth shows up, amen, then all of a sudden we can find out there's something else. But notice the forgiveness of sin gave us the transfer and then qualified us. I said qualified us to share in the inheritance. To share in the inheritance. There is an inheritance. I said, there's an inheritance that we need to tap into. Are you hearing me? The word inheritance just literally means an allotted portion. An allotted portion. And there's an inheritance for the saints. Now, the saints are not all getting the same inheritance. Okay. There are is allotted to each of us a portion of something. And we're going to talk about that a little bit here in a minute. So there's an inheritance that we are to gain because we've been forgiven and we've left the domain of darkness and now we're in the kingdom of his beloved son. Are you hearing me? Okay. Turn over to Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. I'm just building a case here. Amen. I want to say something, but I had to move this scripture here before I said it. Let's look at this. For all... Who are being led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. For you have not received a spirit of slavery leading to fear again, but you have received a spirit of adoption as sons by which we cry out, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, heirs also. Heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ. If indeed we suffer with him, so that we may also be glorified with him. So we see here in this passage of scripture that if we are led by the spirit of God, we are sons of God. When we were transferred out of the domain of darkness, the power of Satan, we left a dad that was a liar. Are you hearing me? Again, what typically is religion preaching? Religion preaching is that we're all God's loving children. Well, we're not all God's loving children because if we were all God's loving children, then Jesus would be a liar because Jesus actually told the Pharisees, you are of your father, the devil, not we're all God's loving people. He said, no, your nature doesn't come from my daddy. Okay. Your nature does not come from my daddy. Now, your outward is created still in the image God originally formed man out of the dust of the earth. You're still housed. Your emotions were things given to you. Your intellect, uh, uh, you know, where your soul realm is, is as God in, you know, originally placed in man. But it's so jacked up because your spirit's dead. Your spirit's not of God. Your spirit is disconnected from God, dead, separated from God, and you have another father. Right? Did he not say this? He said, you are of your father, the devil, for he was a liar from the beginning. And all of us have sinned, so all of us had a daddy called the devil. Now, the problem is, is when you get born again, if you don't renew your mind, you'll think God's like the devil. I say this because people get mad at God. 
get sideways with God, act like God doesn't do anything for them. He abandons them. He don't answer their prayers. That's not our father. Our father, uh, based upon the son, said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. That if you ask anything in my name to the father, he'll do it. So your daddy, your new daddy, is not like your old daddy. So quit thinking about your old daddy and get over here and learn about your new daddy. So we're sons of God because we're born of the Spirit of God. Go on to verse 15. It says this, and this messed up people. This can mess you up, you know, but we'll get it defined here. He says this, for you have not received a spirit of slavery leading to fear again. Again, as a child of God, a citizen of the kingdom, fear has no right to dominate you. It cannot bind you. So no circumstance or situation happening in the planet today should cause you to be in fear. Well, I'm afraid I'll lose my job. You shouldn't have that fear. You should just take captive that thought. At the end of the day, you shouldn't be afraid of another pandemic. You shouldn't be afraid of any pandemic disease that ever is spoken of. Because God's not giving you a spirit of fear. You should not be concerned about financial collapse. Because God has not given you a spirit of You should not be concerned about your kids not making it. I'm not saying they're going to make it. What I'm saying is you shouldn't be afraid. Just make power available because they're free will moral agents and live the life honestly in front of them to at least not cloud what a real believer should look like. And don't bail them out when they've not repented. Now, you can be merciful, but quit your bailout programs because basically all you do is empower your kids. There's no consequence for sin. All right. But I'm not afraid. I said I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid I'll lose my house. Not afraid. It, it, it doesn't matter whether money's in the bank or not. Because I'm not going to be a slave to fear. But then he goes on and said, but you've received a spirit of adoption. Now, this is interesting because the Bible says in, in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, that we're a new creature in Christ. The old has passed away. Behold, all things become new. We're children of God. Yet here... Paul, writing to the Romans, says there's a spirit of adoption as sons. So were we born new or are we just adopted? Well, this word adopted means position. It's a place. So in essence, he's, we've received a position, a spirit of position. We've been placed in the body. He, in essence, given us a position as a son where we cry out, Abba, Father. Are you hearing me? Which means every child of God has an assignment. And the assignment enacts the inheritance. Okay. So the Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we're children of God on the inside of us, all of us who are believers, who know that Jesus Christ died on the cross and rose from the grave and we called him Lord. That day, our spirit man that was dead and had a daddy called the devil left our skin suit, detached, 
itself from our soul and a new spirit took up residence on the inside. And it was created in the image of God. In Christ, our spirit man is in Christ, in the anointing and his, anoint, uh, in the, uh, anointing and his anointed one and in the rulership of a king. In essence, our spirit man was given dominion back. And then, if that wasn't enough, the third person of the Godhead said, I'm going to move in with you. Yeah. Hallelujah. So although the Spirit of God is in this building because we're in this building, he doesn't live in this building. He lives in us. We are the temple of the Holy Ghost. I said, we are the temple of the Holy Ghost. And he bears witness to my spirit. In essence, he testifies. The Holy Ghost wakes up and tells my spirit, you're amazing. You're awesome. You know, you look just like Jesus. I saw Jesus this morning sitting on the throne, and I saw you there with him. <laughs> Woo! He said, you look good today. You know what? There's nothing you're going to face today that we together can't conquer. Are you hearing me? Amen. So he's testifying. He's talking to me. He's giving me instruction. He's guiding me. He's directing me. He comforts me when the trial comes and then lets me know we're going to get through it. Yeah. He'll remind me, son, yea, though you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, do not fear any evil. There's that fear again. Don't even worry about it. Cause your rod and your staff, that's the symbol of the Holy Ghost, is with you. We are going to go through this thing and we're going to get to the other side. And we're going to go through it victoriously. It's just a shadow. They cannot kill you. No weapon formed against you is going to prosper. They cannot separate you from the love of God. It's not going to happen. We're going to get to the other side. Amen. And then he says, and if children, then heirs. Aren't you glad you're an heir? Yes. Heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ. This word heir means this. One who receives his allotted possession by right of sonship. One who receives his allotted possession by right of sonship. Now, this brings me to this statement. As I was riding in this morning, you know, um, it dropped in my spirit. I said, that's good. And so I had to write it in my notes. That's good. The inheritance was never designed to be available only when you die, but was designed to be available because he died. Religion has made the kingdom something we access when we leave the earth, when we all get to heaven. Yet, in the natural, no inherit. If you receive an inheritance, you're not the one that died. Now, don't get me wrong. You die in the context that you got to die to self to become a child of God. I understand that. But the point is, is the inheritance is available to the children of God. And the inheritance is available because he died, not because I left the earth and went to heaven. And if we don't watch out, because we know the forgiveness of sin, it gets us through the door. I say gets us through the door. Then we will not enact the inheritance we have now. Do you understand that the majority of Christian churches in the planet today 
are the oldest son of the prodigal family or the prodigal son, the younger brother. The majority of the church is the eldest son. Because the day the youngest son said, I want my inheritance. I'm not waiting for you to die. I know you have something laid up for me. He gave him his. Well, he can't give him his unless he first gives the double portion. Oh, y'all don't want to. To the oldest one. So the day he took his allotment and left the house. The oldest son had a double portion of the allotment and it was already in his power. It was in his power to live under the inheritance as blessings. But what did he do? He kept working for dad as if he did not have it. So when the son comes back, the youngest one, because he has squandered his. And he knows the mercy of his father. And realized the error of his way. And he comes back to the house and dad runs to meet him. And he says, I'm not worthy. In essence, this is his time of repenting. I'm not here to, to manipulate you. to try. I, I mean, I'm just happy to be back at home. And I'll do any position you ever tell me to do. I, I'm not even looking to be reinstated. Such humility with this son. But the dad said, nonsense. Because you've repented, we'll act like you've never blown it. So throw the robe back on the man. Put the ring back on him. Now let's celebrate. Because he was lost and now he's found. But the oldest son's like, man, what kind of junk is this? Seriously? I mean, I've been feeding that fatted calf. I'm the one who was here feeding the calf. I was the one doing all the, I'm the one working I, and I'm waiting around. Why are you waiting around? He comes back upset. You never threw a party for us. He's like, son, you already had the inheritance. You just chose not to enact it. And how many people are born again, spirit filled, that are not enacting the inheritance? That they can walk in right now. I said right now. Now listen, this inheritance. Oh, shut up, I see It's Jesus Christ has laid out the will. Not only has he laid the will out when I die, it's going to take place. Then he comes back to life to make sure you get exactly what. He said it's legally yours by right of the inheritance. But this inheritance is so big. It is so big that you'll never be able to exhaust it in your lifetime. It is so large, not only will it supply you in this dispensation, but it carries over into the next dispensation. And it shows up with you during the millennial reign. And it'll show up uh, uh, with you with the new heaven and the new earth. It is so large that we'll be participating in it for eternity. So I understand because there are scriptures and we'll see them 
that talk about an inheritance laid up in heaven because it's so big in this life, you're not going to be able to get to all of it anyway. I mean, you think the wealthiest people on the planet, when they give their wealth to their children, you're like, man, they couldn't spend it in their lifetime. In fact, there are certain family names right now that that, that um, wealth is still going from generation to generation. Third, fourth, fifth generation. Why? Because it's just carrying. They could not exhaust it. And our dad's the king. He owns the planet. In fact, their trust funds can become our trust funds. Because God has the capacity in his inheritance to transfer the wealth of the wicked right over to the righteous. Now, here's the thing. If you don't come to where the reading of the will is, then you don't even know what's yours. And half the saints aren't coming to church. Oh, y'all. They're not coming to church to hear the reading of the will. They're not assembling saying, what does that inheritance have for me? What does that inheritance have for me? What did he leave me? What did he leave me? Oh my gosh, what did he leave me? This thing's so big, you can't read it in one service. I mean, it takes your lifetime that we just keep unpacking his will. Well, in Christ you have this, and in Christ you have this, and in Christ you have this, and in Christ you have this. Sometimes you gotta come back and check in. Now, what did my inheritance leave me again? Saints aren't reading the Bible themselves. I got a copy of the document. I like go through, what's mine? What did he leave me? Because of his great love? What did he give to me? Now, inheritance have conditions. Oh, y'all don't want to hear that. Inheritance has conditions. Amen. Some things of the inheritance are enacted because you meet the condition that releases. You understand, you don't even get in the inheritance until you come into the kingdom. <laughs> Woo, y'all with me? Yeah. Amen. So we have to understand there's a portion allotted to us. Today, I'm just going to give you a general portion that we all have. That we all have. Because I'm going to read the will of Jesus Christ. Are you hearing me? The last will and testament of Jesus Christ the King and all of his fellow heirs that would come after him that would become part of his family and their heirs of God. And the inheritance is available for us today. And there are portions of it that we need to enact now. In fact, I guarantee you, Dad in heaven, and Jesus Christ, our big brother, seated at the right hand, are having this conversation more than one time. I wish they would just open their inheritance. I wish they would just open and act in their inheritance. <laughs> Romans chapter 5, verse 5. You understand, we as saints have given an inheritance. In essence, he came and said, okay, I got a lot portions now to the saints. Are you hearing me? So when you come into the kingdom of God, when you are born again, he says, come on, sit down, 
I'm going to start giving you your portion. <laughs> Not when you go to heaven. But now. I said now. He says this, and hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out within our hearts through the Holy Spirit who was given to us. The first thing he does, the first portion he gives, is a portion of the God kind of love. Every one of us receive the God kind of love. Now here's the thing about the God kind of love. The God kind of love can grow. Oh, okay. You got to get this with me today. You understand when he gives you an inheritance, the reason why natural wealth inheritance of certain families are happening is because they're taking wealth from one generation and they're working it to produce more wealth for the next. No one is leaving their children an inheritance. I'm talking about the wealthy that isn't by itself being able to reproduce increase. Increase. Some people's wealth is so large that their families are not living off the wealth, but the interest of the wealth. I mean, the inch, just the interest. Well, that's never changed. They're just living off the interest. The foundation of wealth still exists and is growing. And all that they're doing on the planet, their philanthropy, their traveling, they take no thought in what they're going to eat, what they're going to drink, what they're going to wear. And what they're spending is just interest. <laughs> so when the Lord shed his love in your heart, he says, now this right here can grow. Now, you understand, anyone can squander an inheritance. That's why we have to talk about the prodigal son a little bit. We need to bring these two boys into the conversation because you can get an inheritance and squander it. But Christ's inheritance was not for you to squander. It was to empower and to help meet every need you'll ever need in this life and the life to come. Wow. I would submit to you that the majority of the inheritance we're functioning in right now is probably interest. Just interest. And it's amazing because dad owns the planet. <laughs> There's not a hedge fund that he doesn't have access to. I'm telling you, there's not a retirement fund that he doesn't have access to. Because he owns it all. Amen. I said he owns it all. Amen. He just needs his children to enact their legal right yeah. of inheritance. Yeah. Because they are the king's heir. Amen. And you need to look at your neighbor and say, you're the king's heir. Yeah. Now, I'm telling you right now, you understand. We have a little monarch over there in England. And when mama passed away the queen... The king got an inheritance. And when that king goes, should the Lord tarry, the next king is going to have an inheritance. And many of us, when you're looking about Buckingham Palace and all the different places they have, like, wow, they have it. Why? By right of birth. They're the royal family. 
Well, you're a royal family. In fact, you're the greatest royal family. You are the height, the pinnacle of the most successful royal family that has ever lived and will live forever. Amen. And your father, I said your daddy, has caused you to be fellow heirs with the king. Oh, my goodness. So he placed love in us. And the Bible tells us, because Paul prayed for the church, he said that your love would abound still more, which tells me my love, the love of God in me, can increase and increase and incre increase to the point that I can't get offended. I can't even get offended. Offense has come, but I can't get offended. Why? Because love. I can't walk in unforgiveness. Can't happen. Why? Because love. The well of the inheritance of love that is increasing in my life just keeps growing. It, the depth of it. I mean, the depth of this love. It's so deep. I can't get bitter. Can't happen. They're available. They try to come. But you know what? I just keep drawing from that well of love because I was given a portion. And when I worked that portion and I operated in that, it kept growing deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper and wider and higher and longer. Oh, my gosh. This is an inheritance I have that I can walk in the love of God. You know what's so awesome about the love of God that grows in me? It continues to show me who I am. It be, keeps to discuss. I can't get upset at myself. I can't see myself as unworthy. I can't see myself as less than. I can't see the insecurities because love has covered a multitude of sins. Oh my God. I mean, there's enough love deposited in me that my past has been washed away. It's gone. It's eradicated. It's enough to keep washing my mind to let me know I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. I'm more than a conqueror in Christ. This inheritance just keeps showing up. I just get to walk in it day after day after day after day. This love can pull a knife out of my back and hand it back to my enemy. Yeah, with bread so they can use the knife to eat the bread. Because I can bless them. That's what this love can do. I mean, I have an inheritance of the love of God on the inside of me, man. Woo, and so do you. You got it at the day of salvation. There it is. It's growing. It's growing. It's growing. If you let it grow. But we know some are going to squander that inheritance. Some are going to allow the love to wax cold, especially in the last days. They're going to get mad at politicians. They're going to get mad at their spouses. They're going to get mad at their employers. They're going to get so sickened by what's going on in the world. Why? Because they're not staying in the inheritance book. They're looking at the seen world, a world we're not even of. That has no power over us. That has no dominion over us. That is just temporary. We're just passing through. Because the darker it gets, the brighter I look. Yeah. Because the love of God just keeps welling up inside me, growing. Hallelujah. Amen. Are you hearing me? You know what else we received at the inheritance? Look at this. Ephesians chapter 4. Y'all doing all right? 
Man, I'm, we're in the last will and testament of Jesus Christ today. He's letting you know what you have. How can you have hatred in your heart? Can't happen. Cannot happen. Can't have hatred in my heart towards anybody. I have the love of God. Now, that doesn't mean there aren't some things I don't hate. Because God hates things. And He's love. I hate unrighteousness. I hate certain actions that are contrary to God's word. But at the end of the day, I can love the person and say to them, you know what? That's not going to inherit the kingdom of God. Now, you're against me. I'm not against you. That's the behavior you can change. That's the thinking you can change. And God wants you to change and will empower you to change. But at the end of the day, God will allow you to do whatever you want to do. But he will hold you accountable to whatever you're doing. And it will be to his word that that standard will be. Not to yours and this world. This world is already judged. And the God of this world has been judged. And his thinking, his behavior, and his children. We're in the great last will and testament of Jesus that says, be born again and get an inheritance. You don't have to live like that anymore. Come over to life and life more abundantly. Come to freedom. Come to freedom. Amen. Because in Christ, we've been set free. Are you hearing me? Ephesians chapter 4, verse 7 and 8 says, But to each one of us, say each one, Grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. So everybody in the room, grace came to you. A measure of this grace. Therefore, it is said when he, led, uh, led, when he ascended on high, he led captive a host of captives. And he gave what? Gifts unto men. Every one of us. Because of the grace given to us, a gift was given to us. And that gift is not where you're going to go when you die. That was not that. That's not the the question. I mean, again, the gospel of Jesus Christ is not a destination gospel. It's a destiny gospel. It's not about going somewhere. It's about becoming someone. It's not about going to heaven when you die. It's about being children of God now who can walk in the inheritance of God today. Because it's so big in our lifetime, we still will not get it all. We still won't explore it all. In fact, some is set up for the next age. It's so large. Wow. But each one of us, say that's me. So if you're born again and the love of God has been given to you, he allotted you a portion of his love that now you must be responsible to grow its asset in you. You've been given the responsibility to grow the love of God in you, but also to grow the grace of God in you. Because you've been given a measure of grace according to the measure of Christ's gift. He is saying, I've got a purpose for you. Here, here's your destiny. This is your reason for living. This is why you're even in the planet. And here's the grace, the empowerment of the ability to do. And that grace is not just the empower to get rid of the old life and get a new one. It's not just you didn't deserve it and you're getting life. It is an ability to jump into grace like giving grace because there are things about your purpose that allow the grace of God to grow where you can expound in your ability to distribute more. Because the Bible talks about the multifaceted of grace. 
It's the many sides, the manifold grace of God. It's multifaceted, many faces. It has many other uh, actions associated with it that uh, is not just saving grace alone. But you know what? If you're sick in your body, grace will save you and heal you. It's not just a ticket to heaven grace. It is a bringing heaven to earth grace through your life and enacting your gift. And every one of us said, man, when we sat down at the table of the reading of the will, you said, oh, the Lord gave me that love. Whoo, man, you got love. I got love too. This is so good. Oh, he just gave us. I got some grace. I got the grace too. Oh, there's a gift. This is what I, oh my gosh. He had a purpose for my life. Amen. Come on, are you getting this? Yeah. Woo, somebody should have ran, but that's all right. Romans chapter 12, verse 3. I don't know why I have this effect on people when they begin to preach the word of God under the anointing. It's like they get paralyzed. Yeah, and I've had many come and say, I want, why Did, didn't you then? Why didn't you then? I, we, I'll preach even in your demonstration. Okay. For through the grace given me, Romans 12, 3, to say to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think more highly of himself than he ought to think, but to think so as with sound judgment as God has allotted to each a measure of faith. Oh, my goodness. I mean, can this inheritance get any better right now? Yeah. There's more. I said there's more. And God has tasked me in three services to unpack a few things. This is going to be amazing. It's going to be supernatural, just that by itself. But with this being said, notice that the minute you came into the kingdom, he says, now here's an inheritance given to Stephen Melton. Here's your portion of love. Uh, Stephen Melton, here's your portion of grace. Here's your portion that's the gift. Now, let me give you a measure of faith Woo! so that you can begin to activate the grace and the gift and the love is there to cause your faith to be activated? Wow! The Lord's like, here, I'll give you the currency of the kingdom to start functioning in. I mean, we see the parable. He gave one five, one two, one one. Right? And the five went and worked and got five more. The two went and worked and got two more. The one said, I'm taking what I know and I'm doing nothing. Faith without works is dead. So when he uh, presents to the master the one thing he was given, the master said, it should have at least drawn interest. Faith grows. I gave you the responsibility and the inheritance to go from faith to faith. And you buried what you knew to do and did not do. And squandered the inheritance of faith. Because faith is the currency of the kingdom. Faith calls those things that be not as though they were. Faith enacts the word of God to become a tangible substance. Whatever it is you need, faith can convert it into a scene. Oh my gosh. Are you hearing me? Because all of us can have U.S. dollars. And U.S. dollars are nothing 
They are just whatever we choose to purchase. Your U.S. dollars become shirts, they become shoes, they become food, they become a mortgage payment that ultimately gives you a house. And faith causes whatever God's asked you to do to manifest. Faith will get you healing. <laughs> Faith will bring you provision. Faith opens up every bit of heaven's resources that are made available to you down on a planet that dad owns. This world may not be functioning as God intended, but the planet is his. And if you'll walk in the inheritance, your faith will cause what's in this earth to come to you and show up in your life and be distributed to you. So at the reading of the will, guess what? We're going to give you a measure of faith. Start here with this. 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 You know what? There's so much faith to go around. Oh. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. Our faith accounts aren't all the same. Because it depends on how you work the inheritance. Did you squander it? Or are you working it? I'm working it. But in the church, because again, religion, and because we only want to think the inheritance is heaven, we only get it when we die. Instead of because he died. Then we... Do nothing. And we allow thoughts like, I'm not going to work. Well, you couldn't work outside the kingdom to make things right with God. That's true. It's not of any works, lest any man should boast. But that doesn't mean there's not a work of faith. And we've made work a dirty word when work is the purpose of man. Because when he put man in the garden called Adam in the book of beginnings, he says, Here's your purpose. Do this work. Oh, y'all don't want to hear this. But when he did a different work and ate the fruit, shouldn't have done that work. It brought sin into the earth and he died. Separated from God. James says, you going to talk to me about faith and sit around and do nothing and bury your stuff? No, you don't have nothing. Faith without works is dead. I'll show you my faith by my works, meaning my actions. You'll know that I'm believing God because my lifestyle is showing that I'm believing God at his word. I'm not a slave to sin. I'm not whining about it. I'm not uh, afraid. I'm not in fear. I'm not doubting. I'm not going to let all that junk influence my life. No, I'm going to work my inheritance. I believe God. And even when everything around says this thing can't purchase what I'm saying, it can't get the healing. It can't restore the relationship. It can't um, uh, bring in the raise or the promotion or whatever it is that I'm believing for. I'll show that I'll stay on that word and it's going to come to pass. And not only will I get it, but then I'll get a bigger measure of faith that will help me work to the next one. Yes. Kenneth e. Hagan says, if you, you, you can't believe God for a million dollars if you can't believe God for a hundred. But it's the same faith that gets both. Amen. Well, you know, I'm not trying to be rich. Well, that's your problem. You're trying to be rich and don't realize you're already rich. 
I mean, if you don't want to accept your inheritance that you are wealthy because your dad owns the planet, that's not my problem. But the Lord says that he was made poor so that I might be made rich. And why am I rich? To do the works, the assignments. I'm glad you weren't so broke you couldn't send a coat. To Ukraine. Amen. Okay. Hallelujah. I could go deeper, but I'll leave it alone. Thank you, Jesus. Look at 1 Corinthians 12, 18. I'm going to read out the Passion. Woo, I'm preaching myself hot up here. God has carefully designed each member and placed it in the body to function as he desires. Amen. Do you want to know why some of you are not enacting your inheritance? Because you're picking the church. Instead of you saying, Dad, where are you planning me? Are you hearing me? Now, we would think it's crazy. If Pastor Marcy and I said, the Lord has called us. To go to another state and plant Anchor Faith Church. So we're going to have to go. We're going to another community that Anchor Faith's going to work. It's Anchorage, Alaska. We're going. And my wife says, I love my palm trees from Florida. We're Floridians. We're natives here. And so we're going to take our queen palm. And go plant it. In our front yard in Anchorage, Alaska. So we'll remember you. Are you hearing me? I choose to put my palm tree in Alaska. What's going to happen to my palm tree in Alaska? Going to die. Because its purpose was never to be in freezing temperatures. It cannot survive in that, I don't care how beautiful the snow is. Oh, y'all don't want to hear this. Oh, but I just love the snow. Did God call you to snow? I don't give a rip what you care about and what you think you love. You might want to love what he loves. Because he knows where you should be planted because where you're planted is where you'll actually grow and bear fruit. Because that palm is never going to reproduce after its own... Never going to reproduce after its own kind. It's going to live there for a while and say, "Woo!" it's going to look good for a week maybe. I don't know. I don't know how long it'll survive. But when winter comes, in August, (laughs) I don't know. I mean, they get it fast, right? It's like, what's happening here? You know, well, they look good for a month. Many people go to church and look good for a month. Then what goes into play? I don't, I don't want to accept that it ain't thriving here. So I'm going to go out and paint it brown, paint the leaves green, put a fake facade on it, prop it up with a bunch of two-by-fours. I'll have my palm tree, a dead one. 
And that's what religion do, put on a facade. But I'm going to church. Are you going to the place he called you? Man, we'll jump up and leave for a job like that and have no consultation to the Lord. We'll assume that he must be blessing us. Yet the devil himself, in one of the temptations of Christ, gave a promotion to Jesus. I'll give you all this dominion right here. I'll give you all the wealth of the world right here. All you got to do is bow down. And many people are leaving their place of fruitfulness. <laughs> Come on, are you hearing what I'm saying? Will abandon their inheritance. Because part of the inheritance is the Lord says, I'm going to put you with the people I need you to cross-pollinate with. Are you hearing me? Yes. I was just talking to an uh, individual upstairs that's going to be coming on staff with us in January. I said, you, I, said I got our tickets. And yeah. I said, now listen, you're going to have to agree with me that we don't have no snow during that time in Nebraska when we go. And they're like, well, I've never seen snow before. <laughs> okay. Um, all right. We can believe for snow, but it can't keep us in the state. How about that? I can agree with you on that. I, I mean, I, I want to bless you. I want you to see the white powder, but I don't want to stay in Nebraska. I don't want my flights canceled. I don't want them grounded. I don't want some blizzard to show up. But I'll let you have some snow. If that's what you want to get in agreement with, let's do that then. Why? Because what I'm saying is I don't have to live in a place for me to enjoy any place in the planet. But I wouldn't be able to go to those places in the planet if I wasn't planted where he told me to go and remained. So God carefully designed each member. Part of the inheritance, he says, now listen, I've got a function for you. And I need you to do this. I didn't give this to any other one of my children. Oh, yeah. See, when you get down at the reading of the will, what do we do? We're like, okay, so how much does he love me? Because you understand in the natural, people are like, who gets more? Whoever got more, they love them more. That's what they're thinking, right? Trying to figure that out. But the, reason, the deal is, is God loves all of us. And so you're like, wow, you gave them love too. Okay, we all got love. Oh, gave them grace too. Yeah, we all got grace. Okay, you gave them a gift. We all got a gift. Oh, well, you got faith. We all got faith. And then the Lord says, yeah, but I got an assignment for you. Well, who else is getting this inheritance? Nobody gets this one. You get it. And then he goes to his next child and says, nobody gets this one, but you get it. Come on, are you hearing what I'm saying? This inheritance is personal. He said, man, you're fearfully and wonderfully made. He said, before you even left your mother's womb, I knew who you were. I knew what purpose I had for you with the design. I knew when to place you in the planet. And there's an... And us, in our dispensation, after the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ, we get to jump into the inheritance immediately. Are you hearing me? Yes. Romans chapter 8, verse 28 says this. And we know, again, here's these period uh, verses that don't have periods. And we know that God calls us all things to work together for the good for those who love God to those who are called according to his purpose. And so instead of a comma, everyone quotes it with a period and forgets everything after the comma. 
Because when we get in trouble and trials and stuff are happening, then we're like, well, you know, God calls all things to work together for the good for those who love Him. And they stop. But it doesn't stop. I said it doesn't stop. There's another condition that enacts for all things to work together for good. Okay. All right, fine. In the will, he says, I promise to cause all things to work together for good. If the one inheriting the heir loves me and is called according to my purpose. <laughs> Amen. So we're having a hard time enacting our inheritance because we just want God to love us, but we want to do it our way. Now we are the young son. Give me my stuff. I'm going to do what I want to do, when I want to do it, how I want to do it, where I want to do it, with whom I want to do it. And if I'm tired, I'm staying in the bed. Okay. <laughs> right? Well, you know, it's Christmas. How could they have Christmas? How could they have service on Christmas? Don't they care about the families? I thought you were a child of God. I thought Christmas was supposed to be about the birth of Jesus. And we would take off on a Sunday because Christmas falls on it? Apparently, you love Santa. Because you got to stay home and make sure your children open up all his presents. <laughs> they can't, surely they can't expect me to come to church. Now, you don't have to come to church. You can do what you want to do. For me and my house, I'm coming to the Lord's house with his children and be thankful because any present I'm distributing to my children, my grandchildren, my great-grandkids is because of what my king's done in my life and the inheritance he gave me. And God forbid I don't seek first the kingdom of God every day of my life. Not just on specific Sundays and Wednesdays when I'm not tired from work. No, he causes all things to work together for the good for those who love him and to those, or pause, let's pause, comma, to those who are called according to his purpose. Don't pause so long you fall asleep there. Because you need to be about the Father's business. Amen. If you want the inheritance to function at its full capacity... So that the distribution of his inheritance can come through your faith. Then you have to answer that call and release that gift that he gave you in the first place. Amen. Now, I know for many people, even in this room, are saying, man, I don't even know what God's called me to do. Keep coming because he's called you to assemble. He's called you to be a disciple. He's called you to grow. And if you'll continue to seek him, you're going to find out. Now, that doesn't mean that you're called to five-fold ministry because the gifts he gave, not all of them, are five-fold ministry. Some he gave those gifts to. 
Others he did not. Some he's given you supernatural ability to do business and make so much wealth that it can fund full ministries and projects. Yeah, because your inheritance releases it. Your inheritance releases it. Okay. Are you hearing me? Last scripture today, I believe, is Titus chapter 3. Amen. This is good. I hope you're getting it. You're the king's heir. I said you're the king's heir. You have an inheritance. You don't have to wait for your natural parents to leave you a legacy. Whether my natural parents leave me anything, that's irrelevant. That's just like, not, it's not like, it's not, it's interest, interest maybe. I mean, it's not like, it's nothing compared to the inheritance I've received in Christ. But when the kindness of God our Savior and his love for mankind appeared, he saved us. Not on the basis of deeds which we've done in righteousness. Meaning, we're like, God, you got to accept me like this. I've done a lot of good stuff. That has filthy rags. So that's not why it was done. But according to his mercy, by the washing and regeneration and renewing by the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out upon us richly through Jesus Christ our Savior, so that being justified by his grace, we would be made what? Heirs according to the hope of eternal life. We are the king's heir. And the inheritance is available for us to operate in now. Right now. And there are many things the inheritance affords us. And in the next couple services, we're going to talk about what he left you. What your inheritance has given you the legal right to have. So that you can exercise it, operate in it. So that we can bring the fullness of God back to the church. Not the excellence of a good looking building. But the fullness of God. Because the love of God is going to permeate every part of our being. We're going to be connected like never before. Because the inheritance is so big not any one of us could exhaust it all. But we definitely need to be functioning. Thank you so much for listening to this message. If you want more, subscribe to our message podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Rating and leaving a comment will go a long way with helping our messages get better circulation. If you'd enjoy watching our weekend messages, visit youtube.com forward slash anchor faith. We'd love it if you'd subscribe, leave a comment or a like on the messages. If you'd like to find out more information about us and how we're influencing the world and help support the work we're doing by giving, just visit anchorfaith.com.